If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. Greetings to those who watch below. As we head towards the end of Vampire Week, today's video is going to be something a bit different from the channel. This will be the first time I cover a serial killer. But before we start, I'd like to say thank you to Steffi Ray, Wicked Witch, Lisa Watts, Lefty Kim, M.A. Wade, Julie B, Jess Black Curtain, Christina Groves, LT Punisher 666, and Chris BLK Chris for being those who dwell below. An exclusive channel membership you can check out in the description box. So, for today's video, sticking with the vampiric theme, today we are going to be covering the life and crimes of Richard Chase, the vampire of Sacramento. Technically, all serial killers are disturbed, but there's a sliding scale, and Richard Chase is strongly on one side. He lived his life under a series of powerful delusions, that had fatal consequences. Chase made the papers when he killed and mutilated the bodies of six victims in Sacramento, California in the late 1970s. It doesn't come as much of a surprise that Richard Chase's trademark was drinking the blood of his victims after he killed them. Richard Chase showed signs of mental illness at a young age, but his father, a strict and sometimes physically abusive parent, did little to get him help. Chase was disturbed and unhappy as a child, and his symptoms grew worse in adolescence. He started several small fires, frequently wet the bed, and displayed signs of cruelty towards animals. These three habits are sometimes called the McDonald Triad, and are known as a predictor of sociopathy in a patient. Chase's problems grew worse when his father allegedly kicked him out of the house. Without supervision, Chase turned to alcohol and drugs, which quickly turned into substance abuse. Psychotropic drugs exasperated the symptoms of his illness. Like the vampire whose moniker he would soon adopt, he became convinced on several occasions that his heart had stopped. At times, he thought he was a walking corpse. But being occasionally dead was no reason to neglect his health. Fearing that he lacked vitamin C, he reportedly pressed whole oranges to the skin of his forehead, believing that his brain would absorb the nutrients directly. One of his strangest and most powerful delusions involved his skull. He felt that his cranial bones had split apart and begun to shift beneath his skin, changing places and jumbling like puzzle pieces. He shaved his head in an effort to monitor their movements. Unsurprisingly, at the age of 25, Chase was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia and was institutionalised in 1975 to prevent him from becoming a danger to himself. His fascination with blood earned him the nickname Dracula among the psychiatric hospital's assistants, who witnessed him kill and attempt to drink the blood of several birds in an effort to stave off the effects of a poison that was, he imagined, 
slowly turning his own blood to powder. In fact, it was his attempt to inject himself with rabbit's blood, which made him violently ill, that had resulted in his institutionalization. In spite of several similar incidents, the staff believed that they had rehabilitated Chase, and he was released to live with his mother. That was a fatal decision, as Chase's condition wasn't improving, he was growing worse. Though Chase had been released into his mother's care, there was nothing legally binding that forced him to stay with her. So, not long after his release from the hospital, he moved out, saying later that he thought his mother was poisoning him. He moved into an apartment he shared with a group of young men he called friends. But they didn't know Chase very well, and when he persisted in unusual behaviour, notably drug use that left him constantly high and a proclivity for walking around the apartment nude, they asked him to leave. Richard, however, refused, and it seemed the path of least resistance to his sometime roommates to abandon the apartment and find another place to live. Chase was once again living on his own, a circumstance that almost always exasperated the symptoms of his condition. His fascination with blood resurfaced, and he began capturing and killing small animals. He would eat them raw or blend their organs with soda and drink the mixture. In August of 1977, Nevada police found him late one night in the Lake Tahoe area, covered in blood and carrying a bucket with a liver in it in the back of his pickup. Since they determined the blood and organ belonged to a cow, not a human, they let Chase go. Yet again, Richard Chase slipped through the cracks in systems that could have helped him and protected others. As it was, alone, with no one to watch him or rein him in, he fell more deeply under the power of his delusions, until finally they prompted him to do the unthinkable. On December 29, 1977, Richard Chase was frustrated and lonely. His mother hadn't allowed him to come home for Christmas, he would later recall, and he was mad. Ambrose Griffin, a 51-year-old man who was helping his wife bring in groceries, became his first victim. While driving by their street, Chase pulled out a 22 caliber pistol and shot him in the chest. It was the beginning of an obsession. On January 23, 1978, Chase entered the home of Teresa Wallin, who was pregnant, through her unlocked door. He felt, he would say during interrogation, that an unlocked door was a kind of invitation to him, a justification for what happened next. From that time on, all his victims were people who had left their door open. Like the vampires of myth, Chase needed to be invited into a property. Richard Chase shot Teresa Wallin three times, using the same gun he used to shoot Griffin. He then proceeded to stab her with a butcher knife before cutting out her organs and drinking her blood. He reportedly used a yoghurt container as a cup. Chase's final murders were the most gruesome of all. On January 27, 1978, just four days after Wallen's murder, Chase found Evelyn Miroth's door unlocked. Inside were her six-year-old son Jason, her 22-month-old nephew David Ferreira, and a friend named Dan Meredith. Meredith was murdered in the hallway, dead by a gunshot wound to the head. Chase subsequently stole his car keys. Evelyn and Jason were found in Evelyn's room. 
the boy had been shot twice in the head. Evelyn was partially cannibalised, her stomach was cut open and she had multiple organs missing. There had also been a failed attempt to remove one of her eyes, and Chase had delved into necrophilia. The baby, David Ferreira, whom Evelyn Marath had been babysitting, was missing from the crime scene. The poor child's corpse was found months later behind a church. The story of what happened that night emerged during Chase's trial. While on his gruesome rampage, the knock of a visitor on the Marath's door had startled the vampire killer, who took Ferreira's body and fled via Meredith's stolen car. The visitor alerted a neighbour, who then called the cops. The authorities were able to identify Chase's prints in Marath's blood. When the police searched Chase's apartment, they found that all of his utensils were stained with blood, and his fridge contained human brains. Chase was swiftly arrested. The sensational trial of the Vampire of Sacramento began on January 2nd, 1979, and lasted five months. The defence attorneys rejected the suggested death penalty, on the grounds that Chase was not guilty by reason of insanity. In the end, after five hours of deliberation, the jury took the side of the prosecution. Richard Chase, the vampire of Sacramento, was found guilty of six counts of murder and sentenced to death by gas chamber. His fellow inmates, aware of his crimes, were terrified of him. They often encouraged him to kill himself. And Chase did just that, stockpiling the anti-anxiety medicine he was offered by the jail staff until he had enough for a fatal overdose. He was found dead in his cell the day after Christmas in 1980. Hi guys, thank you so much for listening to today's video. I do hope you enjoyed it. Richard Chase was a gruesome killer who maybe could have had a different story if he was properly looked after. However, as always with true crime, we must think of the victims and we must honour their memories and not sensationalise the killers. So, until next time, sleep tight. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.